Have you ever heard the passage of the the Beatitudes, the, the blessings of Jesus, and thought, oh great, unless I'm quiet, unless I'm lowly, unless I'm sad, I'm not one of the blessed. You know, what about those times when my cup is overflowing, when I want to rejoice in God? Does that not make me blessed at those moments? You know, if blessed are the meek, then then I might be cursed because meekness is not a word people often use to describe me. You know, maybe I just don't fit these standards. I don't live up to this description that Jesus is giving. It's easy to hear the Beatitudes, and, and maybe you start to check out thinking, you know, I don't, I don't need another list of things I need to be or to do. You know, it's easy to hear the Beatitudes as something we should try and aspire to, something that, that we have to become before we can become a disciple. But who is Jesus speaking these Beatitudes, these blessings to? I think it's important to pay attention to who is listening to this Sermon on the Mount. You know, we, we hear at the beginning of the passage that Jesus is up on the mountainside and, and the crowds are there, but the disciples come up to him. He isn't speaking this message to the crowds. He's speaking it to the disciples. He's speaking it to those who have already laid aside everything, to those who have admitted their sin, those who have come in repentance and are seeking to follow where he leads. He's speaking to people like you. So what does this message have to say to you if you're already a disciple? What do these blessings mean if you're already one of, of the, those who follow Jesus, who claim him as your Savior and Lord? I think it's easy for us to just rush past such a familiar text. You know, this is one of the, the more well-known passages of Scripture, the beginning of Jesus' most famous sermon. So I, I want you to, to take a moment Slow down, clear your head, and try and listen to these blessings as if you've never heard them before. I'm going to read the first four again, and I'll read the the next four a little bit later. But slow down and try and listen to them as if you've, you've never heard them. The poor in spirit are blessed because the reign of God is theirs. The people who are mourning are blessed because they will be comforted. The lowly are blessed because they will inherit the earth. The people who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness are blessed because they will be satisfied. Do you hear it? These aren't things you need to aspire to. These aren't things you need to achieve. These are descriptions of the people in front of Jesus. It's not something you need to try and do to become a disciple. Jesus looks out at those who have come near to him. And he says, these are the poor in spirit. These are the lowly, those hungering and thirsting for righteousness. These are the, these are the, the conditions of the people in front of him. He isn't saying that you need to become lowly. He isn't saying you need to be poor in spirit or that you, you need to mourn. See, Maybe right where you are today, you're you're mourning the loss of a loved one, taken in death too soon. Maybe maybe you're the one who feels poor in spirit. You know, you want to grow in your your faith walk, but everything gets so busy. And by the time you get around to your devotion and your prayer at the end of the the night, 
You get about two sentences in and, and you're asleep on the pillow. You're just too worn out from the day's journey to continue strong in that march. You feel like the poor in spirit. Maybe you see the weak and the oppressed or maybe, maybe you feel like culture just isn't going your way, that, that things aren't happening. You're not getting the job you want or, or things aren't happening your way and you, you long for that justice to come because you see the wicked and those who are, are doing every shady thing getting ahead. Maybe you feel like the lowly and you just can't measure up to the standards any longer. You just, you, you can't, you can't make the, yourself look good enough. See, Jesus looks out at those in front of him, the disciples, and, and he sees people who are just like you, who are just where you are. As Jesus speaks his message, this, these blessings, he's speaking it to you. These blessings are for you right where you are, to you who are lowly, to you who feel low, feel poor in spirit and just can't seem to sustain your, your spiritual life the way you'd like to, to you who feel like you can't pull it together and hold it together any longer, you just can't do enough. Jesus is saying, you are the blessed. These blessings are about you and they're for you right where you are. See, these first four Beatitudes are a description of where we find ourselves. It's a description of, of all mankind. You see, we're all the spiritually poor. We're all the lowly. When we realize that, that we can't fix that relationship with God, but it's, it's too broken, that we can't mend it ourselves by our good works because every time we do one good thing, we find ourselves doing one or two bad things that continue to break that relationship when we look out and we suddenly see that we don't have power or control over illness, over disease, over death, over the brokenness that's around us, when we, we feel frustrated and we cry out in, in just anguish and helplessness, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We cry out knowing that Jesus alone is our only hope when he's the only thing we have to cling to. See, that's when we become a disciple. That's when we're truly ready to receive these blessings. These things that Jesus speaks are offered to everyone, but until you recognize your spiritual poverty, you aren't ready to receive the blessings God is giving to you. See, we're all, all of humankind lives in this state of spiritual poverty where we can't fix ourselves on our own. We can't mend ourselves on our own. And we receive these blessings. We're, we're mended when we realize that this is just a gift of God. And that's the only place when we can be restored is through what Jesus Christ has done for us. We realize that this is, this is his gift to, to us where we are. Not when we make ourselves better, when we make ourselves good enough, but where you are right now. Now listen to the, the next four blessings. The merciful are blessed because they will be shown mercy. The pure in heart are blessed because they will see God. The peacemakers are blessed because they will be called sons of God. The ones who are persecuted because of righteousness are blessed because the reign of heaven is theirs. These are descriptions of who you are in Christ. This isn't what you need to do or be to earn salvation. 
It's a description of what God is making you through the power of the Holy Spirit. In baptism, the Spirit has come upon you and God has begun to make you into this new creation. He has made you into something new. You see, you already are the merciful because you have received God's mercy in absolution. You are the pure in heart because God's Holy Spirit has come upon you and leads you to worship in spirit and truth, to know that Jesus Christ is the only way, truth, and life. You are the peacemakers because through the blood of the Son, you have peace with the Father because of what Jesus has done for you. Now, the last beatitude, all of us will experience in a different way. But Jesus says, when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, be assured that the kingdom of heaven is already yours right now. You are part of that kingdom. And know that your reward in heaven is great when you endure in that suffering, when you endure that persecution. See, these things aren't something that we're supposed to aspire to. It's not as though Jesus starts this off and then it's up to us to, to figure out how to perfect ourselves and make ourselves right, but rather the Holy Spirit continues to renew us, to make us new day by day. He makes us into this new creation in Jesus Christ because we cling to his promises. The Holy Spirit continues to refresh us to purify us, to sanctify us, to make us into this description that Jesus gives, into this new creation. See, it happens because we receive God's grace and his mercy and it pours over us. See, in absolution, just a little while ago after we confessed our sins, your sins were forgiven. And the amazing thing about receiving God's forgiveness, about when this happens, is that it doesn't just wipe away our debt. It doesn't just clean the slate. Forgiveness also transforms who we are. It makes us into something new. See, when the the weight and the, the shame of the things, the mistakes we've made in the past, when the guilt over the sins we've committed that we wish we hadn't is no longer hanging over our head, we're transformed. When you realize that no matter what comes in life, that your cup is overflowing, that God is blessing you, you cannot remain the same. When you realize that these blessings are yours right now, you cannot stay the same person you were before. See, by God's grace, we are made the pure in heart. By his mercy, we are made merciful. By his peace, which surpasses human understanding, we are made into the peacemakers. We're being made into this new creation. But I I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something about the, the blessings as you read through this text. It's easy to rush through them. It's easy, because it's such a familiar text, to run past them. And while we are being made into these new things, notice that that there's a now, not yet aspect to these blessings. Only the first and the last beatitude are for the future. I mean, are for the present, rather. The first beatitude says that if you are the poor in spirit, and you are among those people because you confess your sins, you confess your need for Christ, if you are among the poor in spirit, then the reign of God is yours now. 
And the last blessing, if you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, the kingdom of heaven is yours today. All of the other blessings are future promises. Future promises of what is going to come on the last day. And while we, we might experience some of these blessings here and now, and the gospel gives us hope for the future, these things aren't a guarantee for today. You see, sometimes we do still mourn. We experience pain. We experience suffering. We do still hunger and thirst for righteousness. We hunger for those things to be made right. We long for that day when, when everything is pure, when sin is no more, when death is no more, when we don't experience brokenness anymore. And Jesus promises on that last day, those things will come. Every tear will be wiped away. Death will be no more. But he doesn't promise that here and now you'll have your best life now. In fact, Jesus says that we should expect to find persecution. That we should expect to be hated if we follow him. That if we bear his name, that the world might not like us because we are the pure in heart. Because we are the peacemakers. Because we are the merciful. And we begin to show things that that they don't know how to live out. Because they haven't experienced that peace and that forgiveness that we have received. See, so as God's people, what do we do as these new creations that have been made through Jesus Christ? Well, we hunger and thirst. We long for that day to come. And in the meantime, we act as the merciful peacemakers who are pure in heart. You see, we continue to press on and we rest in God's promises because they are sure. We can keep calm because we know that we are in God's hands. And these promises as his new creations, they give us hope because they are about you and they are for you today. But they also give us hope for tomorrow of what we're destined to be as his new creations. May that truth keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and empower you as his new creation to share God's peace to be merciful to those even when it's hard, to love others, to be the pure in heart. Amen.